Welcome to the Kook Center Podcast, and here's your host. Firm, but with little give. Yep, these are medium rare. What if somebody wants theirs well done? We ask them politely yet firmly to leave. Michael Preston. watching a lot of King of the Hill in quarantine, and that's not a complaint on my part. That is my favorite uh, animated series, I think, of all time. I mean, might be up there, maybe with Bob's Burgers, The Simpsons, but yeah, it's def- it's definitely... I, th- I was having this discussion the other day with my wife, who's not as big of a fan of the show, but also in my purview, that the writing on that show just never got bad. There was never a lull for that show whatsoever. It was very, very good for 12 seasons. And then I don't remember what happened that 13th season. It was like, oh, we'll do 12 shows. And then, no, actually do 24, but actually we're ending it after six. And I'm on a tangent already, which means we must be back to doing the good old-fashioned Kook Center hours. I am Michael Preston, just off-topic already. And that's a weird thing, considering the guest we have this week on the show is Washington State football coach Nick Rolovich. He'll be coming up here in a little bit, but you got to talk to me or listen to me first. You don't have to talk to me. you got to listen to me first before you get to him. Uh, 22 really great minutes with Coach Rolovich uh, and a really weird skill he has picked up in the last couple of months. So I'll leave it at that and we'll get there uh, in a little bit with Coach. Uh, and then as always, we're going to end with our Dunderhead of the Week and ask Michael anything. As We get back to these normal shows and I think it's kind of a... Not necessarily a sign of everything getting back to normal here, but at least we're kind of slowly and steadily marching towards the possibility of things relatively getting back to normal and where we can start to worry about, you know, whether this team is going to be at a disadvantage with a first-year head coach, a new offense, a new defense, and having to implement all of that in a very short time frame. Uh, Whether we, you know, we'll talk about who is going to be the quarterback, we'll talk about uh, the starters at wide receiver. We'll talk about the depth on defense and worrying about that. We can get back to doing all of that, it seems like, in a relatively short period. Although I know how precarious uh, this all can be. And it, it is it is hard to talk about talk about this pandemic and talk about all of its effects on our life because it is certainly seen, you know, I mean, it's, it's affected all parts of our life and, you know, for sports, it's kind of, you know, it kind of seems like this inconsequential thing, but I think like so many of you, I discovered how I, you know, I, I knew that watching sports was very important to me, uh, before early March. I, I knew that for me, I, I loved nothing more than just plopping down on the couch uh, after getting home from work for a little while and just flipping on whatever live sporting event ESPN had on, whether it was the NBA or, you know, flipping over to the NHL and NBCSN, whatever it was, uh, college basketball, um, you know, in the fall and winter, whatever it was, uh, it was very important to me to have that escape. And now you don't have that. And you are also facing... Uh, what I would argue is the kind of the greatest psychological test uh, of your life for a lot of people, being isolated at home and being uh, not not forced necessarily, but by choice, you are choosing to do things that will keep others around you healthy. And I, I know that's a big test for a lot of people. It's a big test for me. It's a big test for my wife and I as we wait to welcome a child into the world in a couple of months. This is not at all how we saw 
uh, this going. So I think what this has all given me a better appreciation of, and if, and if this does nothing else for all of us, as we continue to move through this and we continue to try to figure out what the day-to-day will be and we continue to try to figure out when we can get back to a semblance of normal, whatever that looks like, and it will be a new normal in all likelihood, is that I hope we all value and cherish what we do have and appreciate, you know, we didn't know how much we really and truly appreciated it, when everything was normal. Like I said, I did not know how much I appreciated just being able to sit down on the couch, flip on the TV after work, and just watch whatever sporting event I wanted to. That was what I used to decompress, and including going to the gym for an hour and listening to my podcast and, again, watching sports on the elliptical there because I thank God they've all got a t- I would I would be very, very big if it were not for ellipticals having TVs in them. I would be a very big man. Um you know, watching whatever sport they have on and just being able to escape and be away from everything for an hour. And you can't do that right now. You're bombarded with it at in, in every sense. And it's, it's very difficult. I don't want any, you know, th- this is not an easy time to go through. This is not something that you should be handling with ease. It's perfectly normal if you are thinking that you are not handling it well or you should be handling it better. No, it's fine to be handling it badly. And as we we gradually come out of this, this is kind of where, as I've said before on this show, when you mix politics and sports, it, it always tends to go badly. Because politicians don't really understand sports, and sports fans don't really understand politicians or politics, or they think they do, and they don't really get it. I mean, you saw that with, the, uh, with Chris Hansen and his bid for the Sonics and the Seattle Arena Project here in Seattle. It just, it always gets messy. And especially now in this, when you got public health officials involved, it, it it has the potential to get messy. So what I'm trying to choose to focus on here is the positives. And the positives are that President Kirk Schultz of Washington State seems to think that there will be football played in Pullman this fall. Whether there are people in the stands or not is an entirely different question. The NCAA has opened up voluntary workouts for uh, student-athletes starting next on June 1st. Uh, and again, I, you'll hear Coach Rolovich talk about that. He doesn't think they're going to be there on June 1st and able to do that, but they are taking steps to do that because they're, and he will mention there's a lot of stuff to think about uh, when it comes to this, and a lot more that you wouldn't necessarily think about um, just under ordinary circumstances. So it at least seems like, and I'm heartened by the fact that we are heading in that direction, it is certainly taking longer than I would like, but it is not up to me for it to take longer than I would like it to. It is up to this invisible thing that has so affected all of us. And so now, as I'm nearly six minutes into blovating on this, what I wanted to tell everybody was just that I am happy to have this. I am happy to have you listening to it. I'm happy to have an outlet to talk about Washington State football. I'm happy to have an outlet to talk about Washington State Athletics and a university that I care and love uh, you know, so much. I care about so very much. It gave me so much to be thankful for in my life. And I'm glad to have this and all of you and everybody who I get to see every fall in Pullman. It is just like a little family reunion every single year and every single weekend we go back and it will be a blessing to be able to, if we're able to, to be able to take our little one with us there this fall for at least one game before she falls asleep because she's going to be like two months old. So <laughs> dad, dad don't want to stay longer, but that will not be a, that will not be up to him. Um, if we are able to do that. So 
let's try to focus on the positives here. It at least seems like we are heading in that direction of football in all likelihood being played this fall. I know the NCAA has said they're not going to accept, you know, having sports played if it's just online classes. But I And you also have to know that universities are counting on that tuition money. Uh, a lot of them to be able to get through this not not unscathed but with minimal uh with minimal damage so um i i think in all likelihood you're going to see at least at washington state you're going to see some on-campus instruction uh this fall it's going to look weird in all likelihood you're going to have classes on weekends but i've always thought you know i mean like those things just sit empty all weekend like i know it's not exactly you know like one o'clock on a saturday you want to go take a geology class but the whole campus just goes unused all weekend, practically, so you might as well get some use out of it. So I think that we're, we're going steadily in that direction. You saw the California State University system make the decision earlier this month that they were just going to do all online classes this fall. That luckily does not affect Cal or UCLA, which would be the public schools in California. And the UC system has indicated that they are not looking in that direction, at least right now. So I think we're heading in the right direction. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has said professional sports can start again in June uh, down there without a crowd. Uh, I know that, you know, so it's kind of looking like we're moving in that direction. So I would like to assume that we are going in that direction and talk like we are going in that direction. Because, again, it gives me encouragement. It gives me some hope to watch some football this fall. And I think that what you're going to see is... It, it is not a great thing that Washington State's first game is against a Mountain West team, against a uh, a, a very good, you know, not, not Utah State's fine, not like a very good opponent, but like a group of five opponent, because I would much rather than play Idaho right off the bat to work out some of the kinks in this, in this run-and-shoot offense. Nick Rolovich will talk about how, you know, one of the things that brought him to Wazoo was the fact that the players already in place fit his system very nicely. It was... You know, you're not having to recruit specifically to get these skill guys. You've already got a lot of what you need in Pullman to effectively run uh, the run-and-shoot offense. And it is something that Wazoo fans should be used to. High-powered, high-flying offenses. That's kind of always been uh, what Washington State does offensively, um, you know, in, in, in terms of their offensive philosophy. So, I think... I, I would obviously, in this case, prefer to be playing Idaho first. I would much prefer to see them on the schedule first. And heck, I mean, they're going to go, I think they go, it's Utah State, Houston, then Idaho. So they don't even play Idaho until their third game of the year. And again, I'd rather play Houston after I play Idaho. Um, But I, I think you're going to get, at least it sounds like these guys are going to be able to come back on campus if they so choose later on in June, and that will give you at least two full months uh, to get things up and going. And I, you know, we don't know the details yet of what the NCAA is going to allow, but my assumption is going to be there are going to be a lot of exceptions made in terms of practice time, in terms of, you know, time with coaches, in terms of time studying game film, and, you know, there's no limits to that now, but, like, with the NCAA is acceptable, like, hey, how much time the coach can spend with the players, there's going to be limits pushed up with that. Um, so I think, you know, this is obviously not the situation Nick Rolovich wants to be in, and he'll talk about that again here in a couple of minutes, but it is, it is something that, you know, they, they seem to be, um, able to come out of this. Okay. And it'll be interesting again, once they finally get the players on campus and what they're able to do with them, how much hands-on instruction they can have with them. Uh, because there are some differences between the run and shoot and the air raid. And Jesse Casino uh, outlined that in a great piece 
on Kook Center if you haven't looked that up yet. Just um, just one one thing, you know, there are the offenses are going to look very similar to the layman, but there are obviously, and I would be one of those laymen, but there are obviously some differences between the air raid and the run and shoot. But again, one of the things Nick Rolovich was encouraged by taking this job was that, I mean, you've got a stable of wide receivers. You've got quarterbacks who you think uh, could be really good. You've got a great running back in Max Borgie, and you've got good quarterbacks uh, behind Anthony Gordon and Cameron Cooper, Gunnar Cruz, and Jaden Delora uh, coming in this uh, this fall. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they get through this and what they can do. And I'm kind of rambling now at this point because I didn't really have a great plan for what I'm going to say. What a surprise when you come uh, listen to this podcast. But... Um, I am encouraged and heartened, and even if it means that we cannot be there this fall, even if it means that fans cannot be in the stands this fall, even if it means I have to roll my season tickets over uh, to next year, then that that is fine by me because it's some return to a sense of normalcy for us by the time the fall rolls around. And I think also what I would want most is that these college-age students get the experience that they want to have Uh, again in the fall and I think one of the fun things would be is that if you truly are and if you think you are going to be able to have people in the stands in Pullman this fall uh, just have the students be there just have students there and I realize yeah okay money making wise you're not gonna get the donors on campus yada 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 but how fun would it be if you're if you're limited at capacity at Martin Stadium to just have the students in there to just allow the students to be in there, to go nuts, to be rowdy, to be drunk, to be everything that they are, to bring that energy to that stadium and not allow a bunch of old fuddy-duddy alums like myself in who are, you know, I do get loud, but I count on bashing the pad of the seat in front of me against the bleacher. You know, I I, I think that that would be a lot of fun. And again, I'm, I'm rambling and going on here, but um, but I'm, I'm excited that we have this podcast and I've talked about how this is a little bit more normal and that we're talking about some normal stuff kind of sort of here, but it does look like we're moving in that direction, uh, again for, for everyone. So I'm encouraged and heartened to see that. And I hope you are too. And I hope you are doing okay. And I hope everything uh, is going as well as it can be for you, because I, I know that we are all having struggles right now and it is not easy to get through this i certainly didn't know that working from home this much was going to be difficult for me uh but uh i hope you're doing well i hope you're healthy most of all and i hope uh you and your family are doing excellently okay enough of me nobody wants to hear me anymore everybody would rather hear nick rolovich although you're going to hear me interview him as well so you're going to have to suffer through that a little bit he is coming up next here on the kook center hour We're back here on the Coug Center Hour. Our distinct pleasure to welcome in the head coach of the Washington State football team, Mr. Nick Rolovich, on the podcast. And coach, uh, it has been a weird time to say the least, but I know that part of what you've been doing in Pullman since you arrived was you've been helping out local businesses by buying dinners for folks uh, of the restaurants that are still operating. Do you have a favorite that you've been to yet? Because I assume you sample the food when you go there because there are a lot of really good places to eat in Pullman. There are, there are. I, I, I don't want to put a favorite out there yet. I think there's a time for, for there's options when, if you want any type of genre mm-hmm. and, um, more of that move was to, you know, bring attention to the, to the restaurants cause they needed, needed some business. And if I could help them, you know, I, I, I try to, and I, I appreciate our assistant coaches helping them, mm-hmm. you know, and not only, hopefully it helps the people that may have needed a meal or two, 
but I really was trying to just bring attention to, to those places and, and try to get people to, to look at helping each other and paying it forward and, and, yeah. and things along that way. I really like the opportunity that kind of has come from it, which is um, they, I want to say it's the, let's see, what do they call it? Um, the Community Action Center. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've, uh, Whitman County is really, I think that's a better way to help people. And, you know, just if you're talking about the, 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 the humans that need a, that are down, that need some, need some help with food. So yeah. I, I've been giving to them and I'm, I'm, I think that's a, that's a good way to help, you know, people who are in need. Yeah, that is a really great way. And actually, I mean, you know, kind of this whole situation has been, it's been, I think, unique for everybody, but especially for you, your first year head coach at Washington State is certainly not your first head coaching job. You did come from Hawaii, but I know that transitioning and being a coach in a new place is is always difficult. I think you talked to your players about that when you first met them about wanting to be able to be a part of their family, but, you know, needing to earn it. So, I mean... What kind of like I don't want to say additional difficulties, but what what has maybe been the biggest surprise to you in terms of what uh, these COVID shutdowns have done? What has been kind of the biggest thing that you've needed to overcome uh, as part of that as as a as a coach at a new institution? Um, probably just tempering the eagerness uh, of our players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're at a time in their life where you know this is this is really a part of their dream and they want to get out and play and then, you know, there's either one year or four years, you know, from that opportunity to play in, in professionally. And, and I know that drives a lot of guys, which I have no problem with. Um, we just, part of our job is to uh, tell them they can, they can do a couple things. They can, they can still strive for the NFL and I'll never tell a kid he can't make the NFL. That's not my job. I love that they want to do that. Yeah. But also, you know, emphasizing the opportunity they have to, to get a degree and really build their and, and I like I like the thought that, that the athletic department's taking, you know, with this name, image and likeness and, and I think we're we're somewhat ahead of the game in, in our approach of you know, this is about building not only your brand, I like the guy said, you know, it, your brand and your reputation are the same thing and being able to mm-hmm. you know show them that their life after football this this name image and likeness is building their community for after football not just for football because very few guys can make a ton of money with this yeah um but there is an opportunity to really build your your brand and your community in your um playing outside of football you mentioned uh just kind of kind of building that up and and what a fan of it you are is that something specific that washington state is doing with uh the student athletes and the name image likeness changes coming from the ncaa or is that more general what you're talking about just kind of the direction everything's going no i I like you know well obviously the the decision was made so we know it's coming down the pipe but i think pat chun and the the administration has been real proactive Mm -hmm. um even even in this tough time um you know, no, because I love what he says about you know, Cougs are born for this type of uh, time, and and we're made for it. And um, I love his approach, and then just the name, image, and likeness that we're we're being proactive, and, and we're looking at you know, it's not hey, here here's a here's a car dealership deal. Um, it's education on how you can use social media to build your brand, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because when social media started popping, we were all talking about be careful what you put on social 
be careful what you put on. It was always negative, right? Don't mm-hmm. do this. Don't do that. Now it's turned to let's do this on social media. So, and here's how it's the path is going to put you on to help you down the road. Um, and I really like, I like that we're, I don't know if we're trendsetters with it, but I know it, it really matches up with the values of, of you know, Washington state. Mm-hmm. I know I, you know, speaking the bad stuff on social media, I know when I was in college, thank God it didn't exist really too much. Right. I, know, I know the photos that would have gotten out back then were not no good. Doubt. Um, speaking kind of moving forward as we kind of get through all of this, I know you guys haven't been able to have spring practices like you would have liked to. And I know the NCAA has said starting June 1st, things can open up voluntarily. I think the SEC said today, uh, June 8th, we're recording this on Friday, the 22nd, but they said June 8th voluntary camps can kind of, or voluntary workouts can kind of start. Have you guys gotten any guidance from the conference, the school about where you want to go. I, I know, I think you said to KXLY, you weren't expecting obviously to be back to normal on June 1st, but do you guys have kind of have a plan or at least a no kind of what direction you can go after that date? I, I think it's still in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has, you know, we're, we're, there's, there's, there's levels of this, right? There's, there's the president of the United States. There's the governor of our state. Um, so there's, there's different layers of kind of, and then you got the health officials locally and, and what they're, they're deciding. So yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of work going in kind of weeding through that. We obviously want to do it the right way and, and probably will be, you know, conservative. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of planning. There's a lot of aspects that you don't always think about, right? How are we going to feed them? How are we going to eat? How are we going to shower? How are we going to do the laundry? How are we going to meet? Mm-hmm. How are we going to, who's going to be in the building? There's a lot, a lot of stuff to think about, and um, that's why I, I think basically what happened June 1st, right? Then okay, now it's up to the institutions. Now the institutions are um, kind of tied into the state government, which is is different all over the country. So, yeah. but I, I think we're we're getting closer, and there's definitely eagerness to get back. Uh, we just want to do it the right way. Yeah, kind of you know part of this again, you know first year at a new institution. So the, the offense and the defense are changing a little bit. And I know you guys, you know, you've said in the past, I think that you've been able to reach out to players and, you know, give them materials to study. I mean, you know, there's not really a way to kind of make them do anything at home without, you know, a zoom call to check in on them and maybe, you know, quiz them or whatever. But how do you feel like the offensive and defensive players are kind of grasping uh, what they need uh, to be grasping, so to speak, ahead of what we hope is a is a full season. Oh, I, I love their approach, their eagerness. Um, you know how effective you can be completely installing off of Zoom is is still to be seen. And, and yeah, I, I, I don't I I don't think it's uh, the ideal way to, to teach, but I, I love how our assistant coaches have um, attacked this opportunity. Um, I think there's going to be. Uh, I think it, it, it made people grow as coaches, um, and and that's always a good thing. Um, it just you, you just hope the kid, you know, you got to get out there and do it with them a little bit to see where they're at. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to keep stacking on a bad foundation. And um, I know I've emphasized that with the staff. So we're not trying to install ten, you know, in in May. You know, get them feeling good, but also the more important part is. And I think our guys have done a nice job establishing a relationship or at least a respect in their um, position rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, you know, you, you can't, 
underestimate or you can't overestimate the amount of times you should be communicating with them and just seeing how they are because the everyone's you know individual situation is so unique and yeah. um i just think it's um it's it's about getting to know the, the person and making sure they know you care about them do you, do you think you've had an ability to kind of connect more personally with the players kind of in this situation? I, you know, I know obviously being face-to-face is always important and getting that face-to-face time. You did, you did have a little bit of it um, in January and February, but do, do you feel like it's been kind of a more personal connection or just kind of a different connection than you were expecting uh, coming into your first year in Pullman? Oh, it's definitely different yeah. um, and probably has been a little bit more personal, you know, uh, just because, you know, it's my my ability to communicate them with them as a group. Um, you know, Zoom is, is effective at, at its you know in, in this section of, of communicating with them. But uh, I really I put a lot of worth on um, our our group messaging and. Mm-hmm. I can hit them at any time with a quick message. They can read it when they have time, you know, and um, I, I, I like the, the openness this team has on that. Um, guys are guys are really excited to get back together. I think it's made us all recenter what's important, what do we really love in this world, mm-hmm. what do we really need in this world, um, and, and I think this is a team, and I think just being at Washington State where – I think values are, you know, the, the substance of the person and, and, the, and the community. Like, you know, being a Coug is is what is a definite positive in our current situation. So I think that's helped them, and I think they really miss each other and mm-hmm. are really hungry to get back to working. I mean, guys, they, you know, the NCAA makes this announcement. I get 30 texts, Coach, should I come back? Should I come back? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and then it's confusing to them because – they think the NCAA rules everything, which, you know, now you're getting into state government, federal government, yeah, all that stuff. So, well, I'm glad that, I'm, to, yeah, I'm glad they're eager to be back at least. That that sounds no, at least. I, I like are, I like it when that. the phone's blowing up like that. Yeah, that's good. I'll, let's go back in time a little bit to to January when you were hired to be the head coach at Washington State. What was it kind of that attracted you? Uh, to this position in Pullman. I know, you know, I think from an outsider's perspective, what was great about it for so many of us was that Pat Chun, you know, once your predecessor left, it was four days and and you were hired and there was no if ands, buts, anything about it. It was done. It was quick. It was, you know, someone we were really excited about. But what attracted you to Pullman uh, in the first place? Um, you know, very... Being able to coach in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. a Power Five job, is, is one of them. Um, just because of the resources um, that that our players are able and and, and, the, and the commitment that that this administration and school has for for the football program, I, I I like that. I liked I liked being in the western part of the United States. Um, I actually. Like I, I've circled this region as a place, you know, that every time I've come, I'm not necessarily to, um, you know, we played Boise or we played we played at Idaho before, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, I just thought I, I always had a good feeling about this region of the country. Um, and, but those are some, well, and the other one is the, the offensive personnel, I think would be a smooth transition. Yeah. Um, we're probably the three main ones, but so much more has come that I had no idea, you know, the, the, I, I just call it the coup spirit, the, you know, what it means to be a coup. And, I mean, that matches up with who I am very well, as I'm finding out. Um, I, I like representing um, the fan base and, and, mm-hmm. and, and who they are. I understand that. Oh, People, somebody's gonna get mad at something I do. I'm, I'm good with that, but I, I think there's a genuine um, love of the team and, and the players, and um, that is really nice to be around. And then you throw in the community of Pullman and the ability for me to raise my family here um, is just—it's more than the cherry on top. It's really one of the things. And then I had a little bit of an idea, you know, because me and Coach Leach communicate a bunch sure and and he's told me you know how, how much he enjoyed it up here and so it's been good I, I mean it's really been better than I than I expected I guess yeah I, I kind of want to go back to something you said and there was obviously the offensive personnel that matches up so well with the offense you run you run the run and shoot and and just for fans who don't know just kind of a high level overview of what that offense is because I I think to my understanding of it you know obviously we're still talking a lot about passing the football uh in this offense which is something like you noted we are very familiar with here um but a lot of it a lot of four receiver or or empty backfield sets not a lot of three receiver two running back in the backfield sets right so a lot of times going to be four receivers on the football field correct which is um you know, commonly known as 10 personnel, mm-hmm. one running back, no tight ends. Um, the, the 20 personnel you spoke of is a little bit more air raid-ish where it's two backs and no tight ends, so three right. receivers. Um, but, you know, the empty stuff is the empty stuff with five receivers out there or, or you know, and that's where Max gives you a lot of um, opportunity because – he is so he is proven that as a, as a receiver, you know, and mm-hmm. and all the all the touches he had that way. So I think he gives us a lot of options to to uh, to do some stuff without subbing, which is which is really good. I think. I know he said on Twitter right after you got hired, he was looking forward to running the football more. I, I think he's he's excited to do that. Are you also excited to obviously see him run the ball a little bit in this offense? Yes, I. I mean, I am. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. He's he's on this football team because his work ethic, he's a tremendous player. We all know that, but you know, he, he really attacks it with a professional mindset. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's very important to him playing, playing for this school is very important to him. And I really like that. You know, he's the one that wears the 98 Rose Bowl hat around. Um, you know, he's the one who he's sending a message to a lot of people by doing that. And, um, and he's a good person. Yeah. I wish I, I lost my 98 Rose Bowl hat in a move years ago. I wish I still had that thing. It was gorgeous. I might have to ask him where he got his. Um, kind of recruiting-wise, I know it's it's been tough, obviously, not being able to have recruits on campus during this. I think I, I saw, um, I don't know if it was a, recru- a recruiting uh, video, but you riding around Pullman on a bike in a, with a hat and the headphones attached. That was one of my favorite images so far of this off season. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just the fact that there, you know, there is such a thing as wireless headphones, but the wired headphones really just completed how much I loved, <laughs> how much I loved that. Um, 
how have you guys been kind of refocusing recruiting in this? And has there kind of been a special focus on in-state recruiting? I, I know a lot of the fans' complaints in previous years had been kind of a lack of in-state kids coming to Pullman. So so what's been the biggest adjustment recruiting-wise? And have you guys put a focus on those kids that are in-state? We have put an effort um, and, and attention on, on the kids in-state. Mm-hmm. I think every football program, you know, every football fan base is is probably built that way or should be built that way. I got a lot of history because of, you know, how important the, the local kids were at Hawaii. Um, and, and really something that struck me was we had a Zoom with Mike Price, you know, hey, and there wasn't necessarily an agenda, but we let him tell us about and our whole staff about his experience here. We got into recruiting and, you know, he really emphasized, you know, some of the best guys we got were under-recruited guys that checked off all our categories in state, um, but they really had an idea of how much it meant to play at this school, mm-hmm. um, how much the Apple Cup meant, um, and I think that's 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 an educational tool for the guys who come from out of state. And it, it was the same way in Hawaii. And it, you know, those kids needed to learn how to live in Hawaii, and those were the guys in the locker room were the ones to help them the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to move kind of away from the more serious stuff uh, now. We've talked plenty about that. I, I want to know, you love your bucket hats, your hats that you wear. And I know I have went back for Clay Thompson's jersey retirement, and I saw them everywhere on the students there. So, A, I'm kind of upset that only the Coog store in town was selling them, and I couldn't get my hands on one. But, B, what got you into that style of hat? Was it just like you saw it one day and you liked it? Or or what, what got you into it? Well... I don't, well, my dad, I remember his, maybe it was his 30th birthday party. I was young, but nobody brought gifts. They only brought hats, and that was like the theme. So we always had these cool hats around the house, mm-hmm. right? They were, whether it was a fencing mask or, you know, some kind of police helmet. or So that was always kind of an image that I remember. Um, and then, you know, I started, I used to shave my head and pretty pretty short and i remember at film i looking at practice and i just had this big big cheeseburger growing on the middle of my head i'm like oh man that thing is (laughs) thing is rough you better step up your hat game and so grew the hair a little longer and then i just the hat was very important for me as far as protection at practice in hawaii Mm -hmm. and then it's, it's kind of grown into somewhat of a brand so trying to play off it and I, I do like hats I, I was watching the Netflix series last night and I said oh that guy had a nice hat so I'm, I'm in search of, of a new one but practice hats important to me yeah well because in Hawaii a lot of people I you know a lot of folks don't know that like even on a cloudy day you can you can get a sunburn pretty easily there so like when you guys are spending all those hours outside did you go like with the you know just like a normal brim tatter was it always the always the bucket style um well I had I had one Every year, I had a different practice hat. Okay. Um, and I always, always retired it at the end of the last practice of the year. And um, the last one I had was was a nice, firm, you know, hat out of Australia that I got when we played down there and mm-hmm. recruited down there. So that was a nice one. Um, but it, it, it weathers. It blocks the rain. It blocks the sun. I'm not a big sunscreen fan, so um, covering up 
with with the hat was was better for me. I wish I could not be a sunscreen fan, but as a very very pasty Caucasian man with Swedish ancestry, it's just not an option for me, unfortunately. Uh, I have one last question for you, and I kind of I I'm always curious to know, you know, because I think a lot of folks put coaches on this, you know, really high pedestal when a lot of times they're just regular people, you know, just like us. So what is kind of one thing about you that a lot of people don't know that you're that you're willing to share, whether it's like a favorite TV show a lot of people might not know that you like or like a favorite food that's kind of like out there that you really like? Is there like one thing in particular you could share with us about you that not a lot of people know about? Mm, I'm trying to learn the fight song on the harmonica. You're trying to learn the fi- the the Washington State. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The fight song on the harmonica. I mean, a I didn't know that you could do it, but b I'd also do that's so that's two things. B I didn't know you could, or a I didn't know you could do that, and b I didn't know you played the harmonica. Well, I, I wouldn't call it playing, but I'm trying. I can do jingle bells. I can do camp town races. Um, but the quarantine, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna really learn that fight song on the harmonica. I love that. I love that the first place you went was like one of the most annoying instruments. That when you when you don't get it right, that your family you just drive your family. So do you do most of that at the office, or do you do a lot of it at home? And your poor wife and children. I do it at home. I do it at home. But we, you know, we've got a couple. So there's a couple. Sometimes, well, we only have one here now because I just got a new one. But yeah, you know, kids. I think it's a. Kids running around with a harmonica, that's a good thing. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, just give them something to do. I mean, I think the only thing I know how to do on a harmonica is make it sound like a train horn, so you're already uh, you're already right ahead of me. Uh, your harmonica-playing head football coach uh, at Washington State, Nick Rolovich. Uh, coach, thanks again for sitting down with us. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Our thanks again to head coach of the Washington State football team, Nick Rolovich, for making some time for us. He was so generous to do so. I know he's a very, very busy guy. He's got a lot to do right now and a lot of interview requests, so we really appreciate uh, him making time. And a special shout-out to my boy, Bill Stevens, uh, the head of uh, sports information at Washington State and the assistant athletic director there. Just thank you again, Bill, for uh, making that possible. Um I do want to touch on a couple of other things. I know Jeff and Craig uh, touched on Trinity Rodman uh, during their show last week and Marvin Cannon, or not Marvin Cannon, actually. He just announced that he's putting his name in the transfer portal. So we will talk about Marvin Cannon here a little bit. And I do feel, um, I mean, I, I feel good that he has recognized that, you know, there's probably just not a place for him on this basketball team. I always feel bad, though, when you go through a coaching change like that and it, it kind of forces a player's hand to have to transfer if he wants some playing time elsewhere, and that that's always rough. And I, I think that you you appreciate Marvin Cannon for being willing to stick around and see how it worked out with Kyle Smith and with the new coaching staff in town. And I know Kyle Smith encouraged him to stay, and he did so, so that he could try to be successful and help make the team successful. So I, I think you need to be... You know, you need you need to be thankful for that. Even, even if he didn't contribute a ton on the floor... He was willing to stay and give it a shot um, when he could easily transfer. And I and I I don't ever have issue with players wanting to do that because I perfectly well understand that you know Kyle Smith is not what Marvin Cannon signed up for. He signed up for Ernie Kent the same way C.J. Ellaby signed up for Ernie Kent. He did not sign up for Kyle Smith. Um, so I I always try to be on the side of the student athlete when it comes to transferring like that because. They have so little power when it comes to college sports. But I do admire 
Marvin for being willing to stick around for a year and for being willing to give it a shot because he was such an important piece on those Ernie Kent teams and at least we thought that he could be that with Kyle Smith and it just it just wasn't going to work out and I I I think that's okay and I you know I wish him very very well um, wherever he ends up and I hope he's successful wherever he goes because again I I I have a hard time when and I I don't think I've seen this specifically with Marvin Cannon but like anytime people take it out on a student athlete well you didn't stick it out you you need to you know uh, stick it out and earn your playing time and yada 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 it's like well if you're not gonna get it and you know you're not why would you stick around like it's the same reason like why would you tell somebody to stick around at a job where if they work hard all they're gonna do is have the exact same position four years later like why why would you do that? Why would you stay at a job where if you no matter how much work you put in and no matter how much you bust your butt, you're just going to be in the exact same spot you were a few years prior. That just that, that doesn't make sense to me. So, uh I hope Marvin uh does well wherever he goes. And it does look like I mean Kyle Smith's recruiting class is just he put together a very good one. We haven't had one that good on the Palouse in quite a while, and I don't know how he's doing it in the middle of a pandemic and how he's doing it with the condition of the facilities he has especially Beasley Coliseum because I think I said this after clay day that was the first so I had not been back in Beasley Coliseum for a sporting event in 10 years when I went to the Oregon State game in January and boy did I block out how uncomfortable those seats are I did really did not remember how uncomfortable the seats are in Beasley Coliseum. They are low. The pads suck. They are narrow. It is just not a comfy place to watch a basketball game. Let me tell you, that is not an ideal spot to watch. Like just in terms of your comfort, uh, kudos on the beer garden though. Pat Chun, thank you for the beer garden in there. That is a glorious master stroke of, uh, of, of making me spend more money at Beasley. So uh, all the best to Marvin Cannon, and can we please replace the seats at Beasley. Uh, also wanted to touch on Trinity Rodman, her uh, feature in The Athletic that she did. And and again, I, I it's so weird to me because it, <laughs> the past couple of months have seemed like a decade just in terms of you know how long they've taken to go by, but it's easy to forget that this soccer team went to the College Cup for the first time in program history last year, and they did it um, largely based off developing players. And now Todd Schulenberger is bringing in the number one forward in the country in this recruiting class in Trinity Rodman. Yes, brother of DJ and yes, daughter of Dennis. And I think like Craig and Jeff touched on in, in their latest podcast versus everyone episode is you don't get Trinity Rodman to sign with Wazoo if her brother is not here. To be clear, she probably doesn't even get on campus if she want if she didn't want to visit her brother. And I'm sure that as again, like they posited that, that the basketball staff let Todd Schulenberger know, hey, guess who's gonna be here? You might wanna ditch all your plans. But that's the kind of connection Wazoo needs sometimes. And if Trinity Rodman's presence on this team can vault them to getting better and better recruiting classes every time. If that can help them on the recruiting front, then it, I mean, like it, it could be a real boon for this team. And I mean, it is so hard to compete in the Pac-12 because you have UCLA, because you have Stanford, because you have USC. 
in this conference. You have those three California schools. It is insanely difficult to compete in the Pac-12. But Trinity Rodman, just by herself, is a complete and total game changer. At the college level, in terms of soccer, just having one player like that on the field that attracts that much attention can completely change the way that uh, the trajectory of your program, it can change the way other teams play against you. It can change everything because if you have somebody that skilled and that much of a nose for the goal playing up front, it completely alters the way other teams have to game plan for you. And it opens up the field for everybody else who's on that team because, you know, Morgan Weaver was obviously an excellent, excellent player, but there's so much talent still on that team from their college cup run that when you add a player like Trinity Rodman to it, it it makes them just as lethal as they were the year before. So I'm, I'm hopeful for football this fall, but I'm also very hopeful for this soccer team this fall because I, I don't know if everybody has wrapped their head around this, but the fact that the, that the soccer team in Pullman, Washington has been this good for 15 years. And this is not like an aberration of a couple of years with Todd Schulenberger. This goes back to Matt Potter. This goes back to Kadani McAlpine. This is, this goes to Todd Schulenberger. This is all of these guys still somehow keeping this program very, very good in a place where they have no business being very, very good. Like the, the soccer team has no right to be this good in Pullman, Washington. It's the weirdest thing. And I'm totally fine with it. It's great. It's wonderful. They've been to the NCAA tournament like 10 times in the last 15 years. It's wacky. So I'm, I'm hope, you know, again, like I said, I'm hopeful for football this fall, but I'm also very hopeful for soccer because I think watching this team uh, is going to be quite a thrill and it's going to be quite incredible to see what they can do, especially when you have a player at forward, uh, a goal poacher who has played with the national team and who could do that. And again, bring more recognition to your program to keep that success sustained and to keep them good for a very, very long time. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how they get on this fall. Dunderhead of the week. Ask Michael anything. We haven't done it in a while. We're going to do it again coming up right after the break. Dunderhead of the Week time! We've had plenty to pick from. We could have plenty to pick from, from however many weeks it's been since we did this. Uh, But I'm going to pick an inanimate object. I'm going to pick the West Seattle Bridge. Oh my god. (laughs) We are so stuck here at the West Seattle Studios at the Kook Center Hour. We're so... My daughter is not going to see the out, anything outside of West Seattle until she's, like, in kindergarten. <laughs> it's just... What the hell, man? Like, for those of you who don't know, uh, the West Seattle Bridge carries 105,000 cars a day from West Seattle into Soto into I-5 near downtown Seattle. And it is shut. It is completely shut for the next year and a half because of some cracking, which, admittedly, if the bridge collapsed, a lot of people could die. And that's bad. It's very bad. So it should be closed. Uh, But I I just want to meet the person who built it. And just... Like, because I I finally, like, looked into the history of that thing, like, when it closed. And, like, God, like, 
like multiple people got arrested for fraud and like profiteering off the bridge and like whatever else and then it finally got built and then oh only have three lanes of traffic going in each direction don't let buses be on it so of course that meant have four lanes of traffic on it now and have buses go on it all day So, somebody built it wrong, and then we did all the stuff with it we weren't supposed to do with it, and now it's closed, probably forever. So it's closed for at least a year and a half until they can maybe patch it up to last another 10 years. But in all likelihood, it's going to have to be torn down and rebuilt, which means uh, we are stuck over here, effectively. Even in the middle of a pandemic, when I, I left to run into my office to go grab something, and my office is in downtown Seattle, even at, like, 10 a.m., middle of a pandemic when like you know you're supposed to be keeping travel to a minimum it added 20 minutes to the trip 20 minutes just to get downtown from my house which is a trip that should ordinarily take about eight minutes <laughs> i need my own private drone jeff bezos send it to me please ask michael anything time Ask Michael anything at all. At WSU Cougar 08 Rick, the baby is just a few weeks away. Well, about seven weeks-ish. Seven? Eight? Eight, something like that. What's your biggest takeaway so far from the baby prepping process? I, I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but if I haven't, um, buying anything for a baby is like anything for a wedding. Like, 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 any, anything you want to buy for a baby is just like infinitely more expensive. Like a mobile is $120. Why? And, the, and then you get the guilt of, well, if you loved your baby, you would buy it. No, I'm not. No, don't guilt me like that because I don't want to buy a $120 uh, mobile for my baby on Etsy. When the Whatever one I could get from Target for $30 is fine. That, that's the been the thing to me. Like, I am so excited for her to get here and to meet her and to be with her and to not do this show for a few weeks while we take care of her. But I am, yeah, I don't. It, it's, oh my God. It's it's exactly like a wedding in that way. At Hey D Train, Karen, Darren K, how will you feel? How will it feel for you to don the purple and gold to cheer on your daughter at UW? It's up to my wife. She will never go there. But if she chooses to be good enough at a sport, to go there, then I will do it. If she just goes there on her own, I'm not rooting for UW, and we're gonna have a real problem at Thanksgiving. Not really. She'll just always kick my butt. At Ryan Callie 18, Ryan Callahan. I know you have your favorite memory podcast. We've been doing a lot of those guys, by the way. If you haven't seen them uh, on the website right now, cookcenter.com, they're like right at the bottom of the front of the page. You know, like right when you click in, they're right there. We've done a lot of great ones. I'm sure you've gone and watched a few old Wazoo games during this time. What has been one that you rewatched that you may have forgot about? How special, fun, memorable it was. So I didn't really forget about how memorable the 2015 win over Oregon was, but I forgot like how bat poo insane uh, it was. Like how much back and forth there was in that game, and how bad that last drive was with so many like bad, like a couple of bad penalty calls. I think they called like time ran off the clock because like Falk did or did not spike it or something, and it was something I haven't seen like ever play you know done before like how insane like that last sequence was and then winning it in overtime uh as well so i i think that one is one that uh is up there for me in terms of the memory at devin lewis 89 devin lewis what's the baby name finalist gardner flint drew lee for clay none of those it's a girl so gardnerina gardnerina 
Would that work? I don't think so. At Danny P793, Daniel Patrick, would you rather attend the Wazoo Colorado game in Boulder or the Pac-12 championship with two non-Wazoo teams in Vegas? Ooh. I think I would have to go to the Wazoo Colorado game. I've always wanted to go to Boulder. I've always wanted that's that's on my bucket list for stadium. So I think I'd go to that one. Because like two non-Wazoo teams in Vegas, it's like That's a lot of people I don't want, especially like if it's Oregon. I don't want to be around that. I don't I don't need to be around that. At N Prante, Nick Pronte. Pronte? Pranti? Sorry if I'm saying your last name wrong. What's a skill, hobby, or project you wish you would have started during the lockdown? Ooh. Skill, project, or hobby. We've already been cleaning the house a lot for the baby, so I mean that's been a big project we got out of the way. I think I wish I would have learned enough about like engines and like lawnmower engines to have a gas mower again. Because I have an electric one and we bought it specifically because the gas mower we got given by my father-in-law finally crapped out. But I know nothing about repairing like engines and that kind of thing. So I think and, and like one of my goals one day is to have enough property where I could justify like a riding lawnmower and obviously riding lawnmower needs to be gas because that's you need enough power. Uh, so I think I think that would be like the thing that I wish I would have like taken up and you know like had the wherewithal to like actually practice and do. At WSU Brady 27 El Rolo Loco. Credit to Ian Carmel from a week or so ago. If band names were literal, what would be the scariest band to fight? <laughs> Megadeth. There's, I don't think there's another answer to that question. Like, I, I'm, I racked my brain a little bit trying to listen to this. Like, a Led Zeppelin would be difficult to fight, too. Guns and Roses, that wouldn't be easy. Uh, but I, Megadeth. It's just, it's in the name. Megadeth. It's in the name. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right there. Thank you again for listening, guys. We're going to try to do these normal shows as much as we can leading up to the season uh, that will hopefully be happening this fall. We hope you enjoyed it. Our thanks again to Nick Rolovich for joining us here on the Kook Center Hour.